I'm Mike Winters with A&W Cattle in Pattonville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, there is a big push in the state legislature right now to strengthen Texas' right-to-farm laws. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The producer-owned beef project is moving forward. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll bring you an update from one of the people involved in the effort to build a new beef packing plant in Amarillo. The May forecast for Texas is straight ahead. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and we'll go to the National Weather Service for the May Outlook on Texas Ag Today. It's time to take the air out of balloon releases and reduce the risk to Texas livestock. The Texas legislature has a chance to do that. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. There is a big push in the state legislature this session to strengthen the Texas right to farm protections. Farmers and ranchers throughout the state have been battling with urban encroachment as cities and towns are not friendly to farming operations who have been operating in the area for decades. Matthew Zake farms in Ellis County, south of Dallas. So yeah, the city of NFI actually had a hayfield that's within the city limit. And uh, the city has written my landlord tickets time and time again and i've called the city council i've gone this meeting i've you know talked to the the judge we've done all of that to try to alleviate the situation and they are extremely unwilling to help us in this situation i've even tried going to that to the code enforcement officers that are writing the tickets and everything and trying to have a nice conversation with them and their idea is you know what if you don't like it then quit farming it because that's not your problem. It's your landlord's problem, and that's just not good enough for me. Two bills to protect the right to farm have passed the House, along with a proposed constitutional amendment. All three measures are now in the Senate. Applications are now being taken for the Texas Family Land Heritage Program. It's a recognition program that honors families who have owned and run a continuous agricultural operation in Texas for 100 years or more. 
Every year, the Texas Department of Agriculture hosts a ceremony at the Texas State Capitol to celebrate the families who have passed down their proud Texas legacy from generation to generation. If you would like to apply, just search Texas Family Land Heritage Program online. Cattle numbers are decreasing, but beef production is holding its own. USDA raised its latest beef production forecast this year, according to USDA Outlook Board Chairman Mark Jekinowski. In terms of beef production, we raised our beef production forecast by 110 million pounds, so now forecast to 26.8 billion pounds. And the increase this month reflects kind of a continuation of a pattern that we've seen for several months now, and that is pulling more cattle into feedlots and implying increase in slaughter now and in the coming months, simultaneously tightening up supplies further down the line. So more cattle placements in the first half of this year, suggesting higher slaughter in the second half of the year, and that is driving that increase in our beef production forecast. Jekinowski says average fed steer prices have also increased for this year to an average of $164. The producer-owned beef plant project is moving forward. James Hunt has an update on the new packing plant in Amarillo. About nine months ago, a new company known as Producer-Owned Beef announced plans to build a beef packing plant in Amarillo. Well, here's an update. Monty Cluck, an executive vice president with Producer-Owned Beef, says a sufficient number of investors have been lined up to move forward with operations beginning sometime around late 2025 or perhaps into 2026. So, good news there, although Cluck says there have been plenty of challenges along the way. James, everything about this project's hard. (laughs) So, you can go to bed on a Friday and wake up on a Monday, and you know, you got a wagon wheel in the mud somewhere. Interest rates have changed a lot in the last 12 months. The mini bank crisis that we've had five weeks ago has put a little damper on us, but we've worked through that. It's just funding a project like this, telling the story, getting people to understand, you know, that there's no greed or prejudice in this plant. We want to do it for the obvious reason. We want to make money. But there's more to life than making money. I I keep talking about the culture, and our whole team talks about that. But if we all make money together, that's a better proposition than it is if we have someone just pegged down all the time, just barely giving them a living. As the company's name indicates, the concept behind producer-owned beef is that the plant will be owned by the same producers who provide cattle to the facility. It's an arrangement intended to allow the producers involved to get a better return on their cattle than they typically would under the standard arrangement where animals are simply sold off to a packing plant. My conversation with Monty Cluck followed his presentation at last week's Texas A&M AgriLife Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We are now into a new month, and Tom Nicoletti takes a look at the new forecast for the coming weeks. We go to Fort Worth, and uh, meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service, Tom Bradshaw, joins us as he usually does this time of the month. And uh, Tom, let's get a quick recap of what happened in April in Texas. Sure, it's good to be with you again, Tom. And it was kind of a tale of two states in April. We had a fair amount of rain across the central and eastern parts of the state of Texas. Unfortunately, much of western Texas remained relatively dry 
temperatures were pretty seasonable for April. We had a few cold snaps during the middle part of the month, but overall, things are starting to gradually warm up as we get deeper into spring. Yes, Tom, according to the latest Texas drought monitor, it's still abnormally dry to exceptional drought in too many counties across Texas. What type of temperatures and precipitation is in the forecast for May? Well, we're holding out a little bit of hope that we're going to see a little bit more rainfall across a good part of the state during the month of May. May, on average, tends to be a relatively wet month for a good part of Texas, certainly the central, eastern, and and northern parts of the state. Some of the longer-range guidance is suggesting that we'll get a little bit more active in terms of rainfall across a good part of Texas. Even parts out west will start to see a little bit more rainfall than what they've seen in the past. Probably not enough to completely bust the drought, but hopefully at least some rainfall that will at least put a dent in the drought to some extent. Temperature-wise, once we can start getting into May, we start seeing more 80s and 90s across a good part of the state, and there's nothing to suggest that that won't be the case again this May. We'll start to see temperatures getting well up into the 80s and 90s across a good part of north, central, and southeast Texas as we get deeper into the month of May. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw today from Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Balloon releases are costing Texas livestock their lives. Gary Joyner explains. Texas livestock owners know a balloon release is no time to celebrate. However well-intentioned, the release can be deadly for cattle and other livestock miles away. Some of the balloons released eventually land in pastures or become entangled in fences. Curious animals find them. The balloons and the strings attached are chewed and swallowed. The animals often die as a result. Public awareness of the danger is key, and the Texas legislature is considering making a balloon release a Class C misdemeanor to get everyone's attention. House Bill 3300 by State Representative Bobby Guerra of McAllen is straightforward. You break the law if you knowingly release a balloon into the air outside a roof structure or if you organize, sponsor, or promote an event in which balloons are released. There are defenses to prosecution as well for those activities that are scientific or authorized by a governmental entity. It's heartbreaking for an animal to die because of a stray balloon. The Texas legislature has a chance to take the air out of these balloon releases and reduce the risk. That would be an outcome Texas ranchers would celebrate. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas Lakes produced some monster largemouth bass earlier this year. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there's a new name for a bacteria that causes a lot of problem in feedlot cattle. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture. 
on Texas Ag Today. Haemophilus somni is the new name for the bacteria Haemophilus somnus. Dr. Bob Judd says the infection causes a lot of sickness in feedlot cattle. Changing these names of microorganisms makes identification by veterinarians and livestock producers difficult. This occurs when someone performs a study and believes the bacteria would be better classified with a different name, and so they change the name. However, if you're looking for the name Haemophilus on a vaccine bottle, it is now being changed to Histophilus somni. It is the same organism and is a major pathogen in bovine respiratory disease complex, along with other bacterial organisms. However, Drovers.com indicates it can affect other organ systems as well. The disease started in Canada about 20 years ago and moved into the Midwest and Plains states where there is a high concentration of feedlots, and now the disease is being seen in feedlots nationwide. It is unknown why there is an increase in the disease, but the organism is an opportunistic pathogen as it breaks down the mucosal membrane's ability to protect against disease. Stress from winning, transportation, or inclement weather can lower immunity and allow infection to occur. The disease can not only lead to pneumonia in cattle, but also blood poisoning called septicemia, blood clots in the brain, heart, tendon, and joint infections. Septicemia occurs when the bacteria enters the bloodstream, and some of the diseases are difficult to diagnose, with sudden death being the only symptom. Some cattle can have fever and show depression, blindness, lameness, and heart failure with open-mouth breathing. Vaccinating calves with a modified live vaccine prior to entering the feedlot can help build immunity and prevent infection. Cattle that develop illness can be treated with an antibiotic that is labeled to treat Histophilus somni. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas lakes produce some monster largemouth bass so far this year. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Four different lakes across Texas produced 18 largemouth bass weighing 13 pounds or more during the first three months of this year. The first three months of every year, anglers who reel in bass weighing 13 pounds or more can loan their fish to the Toyota Sherlunker program for selective breeding at the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens. The offspring produced by those bass are then released back into Texas lakes to produce bigger, better bass. This year, anglers had the most success reeling in those monster largemouth bass on OHIV Reservoir in the San Angelo area. The water body produced a record-breaking 15 legacy-class bass. The reservoir produced 12 in 2021 and 12 in 2022. Three other lakes in Texas produced legacy-class fish this season. They are Possum Kingdom, Lake Nacogdoches, and Lake Allen Henry. Natalie Goldstrom, Toyota Sherlunker Program Coordinator, said these amazing milestones don't just happen. She said, without a doubt, the program would not be possible without the tremendous support of participating anglers. She said they are grateful that so many anglers caught their fish of a lifetime and then shared it with the program to create a legacy of bigger, better bass in Texas. And although the loaning period has ended for the year, anglers can still help contribute to the legacy of bigger bass by donating catch and genetic data for bass weighing more than 8 pounds or longer than 24 inches. Details are available on TexasShareLunker.com. That is TexasShareLunker.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
Cattle and wheat started the week lower on Monday, but the cotton market managed a slight gain. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex started the week higher on Monday morning. However, that did not last long. Both live and feeder cattle turned lower, and we finished the trading day in the red. Weakness in the cash market last week may be one factor that's contributing to weakness in the futures trade. June live cattle dropping 60 cents, closing at 164.87. The August down a dollar 12, 162.65, with October live cattle down 62 at 167 even. Feeder cattle finishing lower also, the nearby May down a dollar 27, 209.70. August feeders down 62 cents, 230.10 with September feeders down 72 cents to 33.07. Cash fed cattle market. Quiet on a Monday as we usually see. We ended up selling cattle last week two bucks lower at 173 here in Texas. Northern dressed cattle sold three to five dollars lower last week. Boxed beef prices mixed Monday. Choice down a dollar thirty-eight at three ten oh six. Select up 52 cents, 288.86. Now let's check the sale barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry, producers in Cargyle, San Angelo, my guest. Jody, how did the Thursday cattle sale go? Over a thousand hit today compared to about 875 last week. Compared to last week's sale, calling these kids and yearlings at least two to four dollars higher. Started cows and bulls, calling those about steady replacement cows and cow calf pairs. Steady on those steers, better quality steers, four to six hundred pounds from 170 all the way up to a high of 260, mostly 185 to 225. Six to 800 pound steers, 155, all the way up to a high of 215, mostly 175 to 195. Heifers, better quality heifer kids, four to 600 pounds, 155 to a high of 235, mostly 175 to 210. Slaughter cows, average to high yielding, 71 to 91. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 93 to 99. Still a few of those thinner or lower yielding type cows from 50 to 66. Slaughter bulls, average to high yielding, 86 to 106. Some of the highest yielding slaughter bulls from 107 to a high of 190. Bread cows and heavy bread two-year-olds, just a few small groups of those, anywhere from 900 to a high of 1,500. Same way on the calf-calf pairs, a few singles and small groups, anywhere from 1,100 to a high of 1,550. How do you feel about sales next week? We'll begin with sheep and goats. Well, I was sure wrong about it last week. No. I, didn't, I didn't dream of having 7,700, but it's that time of year. The weather's supposed to be nice. Uh, 
they'll uh, they'll keep coming. I bet it'll be six to seven thousand head. Uh, look for cattle numbers to be a little lighter next Thursday. I'd guess more in the neighborhood of 800, 850 head. Tell everybody how to get a hold of y'all, Jody Fry. You bet. The office number is 325-653-3371. By mobile phones, 234-7895. Neighbor, thanks for listening to Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. You're listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Arlene Hogs took a drop today. May Hogs down 35 cents at 79.30. The June contract dropped $2, 89.70. Class 3 milk also lower. May milk down 21 cents, 16.61 100 weights. The cotton market managed some slight gains today. Traders keeping an eye on the Federal Reserve meeting this week. Also, the Fed expected to raise interest rates a quarter point on Wednesday. Traders keeping an eye on the weather forecast as well. The latest outlook shows maybe up to a half inch of rain in West Texas over the next five days. The extended 6-10 to and 8-14 to day forecasts also indicate above normal chances of precipitation. We close with the July cotton contract up 51 points, 81.31 cents. New crop December cotton up 11 at 81.21. Corn market was mixed. The May contract up three and a half, 639 and a half. The deferred contracts lower with July dropping a half, 584 and a half. New crop September corn down five at 523 and three quarters. The wheat market just can't seem to find a bottom, and about the only explanation we've been able to find for this drop over the last couple of weeks is the good rain we've gotten across the Great Plains and hard red winter wheat areas of the country. July Kansas City wheat dropping 19 cents, closing at 7.57 and a quarter. Soft wheat in Chicago down 15 and a half on the July. It closed at 6.18 and a quarter. In the energy markets, June natural gas down nine cents at two thirty-one. June West Texas crude down a dollar two, seventy-five seventy-six a barrel. The financial markets slightly lower on Monday afternoon. The Dow dropped fifty-nine points, thirty-four thousand thirty-nine. The Nasdaq down twenty-six at twelve thousand one ninety-nine. The S&P down four, four thousand one sixty-five. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or dfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.